Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. I am thrilled to announce the opening of my exclusive life coaching program, Faith-Filled Divorce. If you want to learn how to thrive in divorce without doing it alone, losing your faith, or giving up on your dream life, then Faith-Filled Divorce is for you. In my exclusive life coaching program, you will get the support, tools, and encouragement you need to find hope, healing, and happiness in your divorce journey and create the joy-filled life you dream of. Enrollment is open now. Go to LDSDivorce.com to join and get all the details. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Jolene Wynn. Jolene is a member of the LDS Faith and a life coach and a happily married mom of five children. And she loves to start her day with early morning gym session and followed by homeschooling her children. Wow, you go, mama. (laughs) And running her business. She loves America, Jesus, and Dr. Pepper and a healthy balance of peanut butter M&Ms. I can relate. (laughs) She's also the host of the Porn Addict's Wife podcast and the author of the book, The Not Enough Wife, and the creator of an online coaching program designed to help Christian women overcome the emotional challenges of having a spouse with a pornography problem. She has a hippie style and a rock and roll haircut and loves her typical suburban life. And it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have a discussion with you today about pornography and how to deal with it. And as you and I were just chatting a little bit before we started recording here, pornography is a heavy topic and it brings up a lot of emotion, especially when this has affected you personally. And I'm so impressed with what you have done and how you have been able to deal with your husband's pornography problem and help others deal with this problem. It has become such a prevalent problem in our world today. And I know that I have personally dealt with this as, as I've shared in my podcast and other platforms, and I have many clients that are dealing with this issue right now. So I'm looking forward to learning from you and helping my listeners who are dealing with pornography use in their life or in their relationships to really gain perspective and learn some strategies that they can use in their life. And I'll go ahead and let all my listeners know. You have never been divorced, right? No. Mm -mm. Okay. (laughs) I didn't think so, but usually I'm talking about divorce and most of my guests have been divorced. Never been divorced. I don't know what that's like. But she has dealt with a lot of hard things in her marriage and she's pretty open and honest about sharing her experiences, which I really appreciate. And I know that my listeners will too. So for those of you who do not know Jolene, just share a little bit more about yourself and your life so everyone can get to know you. Okay, great. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to be here. I have many clients who have been divorced or who are deciding if they're going to get divorced. And I love being able to talk about this. One thing that you said, you were like, pornography is so heavy. It brings up so much emotion. And one of the things that I like to think about with this topic is that the heaviness is not required. 
a lot of times we think that because it's important or because we're talking about something that brings up a lot of emotion, it has to be heavy. And we unintentionally make it more heavy than it is. I'm always telling my clients, like, your story is dramatic enough. We don't need to add to it. So anything that you're going through, whether it's divorce or pornography problem, acknowledge that and allow yourself to feel the emotion of it. But you don't have to tell the story that it's heavy. Tell the story that it's hard. And that doesn't mean that it isn't. It doesn't mean that it's easy. But you don't have to add that heaviness on top of it. Mm-hmm. And that is what I learned, not right away. <laughs> My husband and I have been married for almost 15 years now. And when we had been married about five or six years is when he actually came and told me that he'd been addicted to pornography the entire time. And I had been exposed to pornography. I had seen pornography growing up, but it was not something that was prevalent enough that I was taught like, hey, you should have this conversation before you get married. Mm-hmm. I feel like now, nowadays it is. I have so many clients who are younger than me that say, oh, I was told that I should ask my husband if he watches it or when we were dating, that should be a conversation. My husband and I never had that conversation. It didn't even occur to me to yeah. have a conversation about pornography. Yeah. And so he was addicted to it. And he told me after we'd been married about six years. And then my first response was to take action, right? Often when we have something traumatic like that, we'll have a fight or flight response. And mine was definitely fight. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we can totally handle this. I understood the compelling nature of pornography because I had been exposed to it. So because I'd seen pornography as a kid in middle school, I think was the first time I'd seen it. I understood what it was. I understood how you felt when you saw it. And so I intellectually got it. I was like, okay, I can see how this is something that you're drawn to, but I also hated it. Right. And as a Christian and a member of the LDS faith, I also believed it was wrong, but, but immediately I was like, okay, what are we going to do about it? What can we do? And I realized my thought was like, okay, you need to go start going to therapy. You need to start doing X, Y, and Z. But my husband, the very first conversation we had, he said, Hey, guess what? I've secretly been addicted to porn for six years and I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's so interesting. What compelled him to come to you and tell you that? Um, he said that he had wanted to tell me, I think the thing that really got him was he felt like he was getting a handle on it and he wanted to get a handle on it before he told me. Okay. So even though he was still struggling with it, it was not as bad as what it was. Like when we were first married, he said he was watching it almost daily, Mm -hmm. several times a week. But by the time he told me it was less frequent. So even though it was still a problem, he could go for a few weeks or a few months. Mm -hmm. And that's when he told me. And he did say he feels like he had to get to a point. He was really worried that I would divorce him. Mm -hmm. And so he had, he felt like he had to get to a point where he was like, okay, that's totally a possibility, but she still deserves to know. Wow. And when he got to that place mentally is when he was able to tell me. Yeah. That's really awesome. When did you start talking about it openly? Because as we were chatting before we started recording here, when I went through this, it was 25 or 30 years ago. No one talked about pornography addiction. I could talk to the bishop and they would say, oh, you need to meet with someone else. And they wouldn't even really talk about it. They're not really trained or equipped to handle those types of things, but no one talked about it. Was it already acceptable or did you just decide I'm going to talk about this? I did not decide right away. My husband, I mean, as I said, he came and he was like, I don't want to talk about it. And so we didn't. So for the next 
several years, four or five years of our marriage, it was more like every few months I would awkwardly say like, Hey, are you okay? And he would say, yeah. Or a couple months he'd come by and he'd be like, Hey, I relapsed. And I'd be like, okay. And that was it. (laughs) And so we were not communicating about it and he was not talking to anybody about it. And I, I didn't tell anybody he might have asked me not to, I don't remember. But I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my sister, my mom, a friend. I didn't go to the bishop. I didn't tell anybody. We'd been married for about 10 years. And it wasn't until he found a therapist. He finally went to therapy and figured out what was underneath his pornography problem, like the root of it. And when he was able to work through that and let it go is when he opened up to talking to other people about it and opened up to me talking to other people about it. Wow. That's amazing. So how did you feel when he first told you, you said you didn't talk to anyone about it. Were you shattered and heartbroken and and very insecure? I mean, I know that's how I felt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Here's the thing is I... Initially, I feel like I had two parts of me. My main part of the response was like, okay, let's fight this. And then the other part said, what's wrong with me? Why am I not enough? Like there must be something wrong with me. That thought led me to wanting to try to control and manipulate him, even though that's not the word I would use. Or in my head, I wouldn't have used that word. I was like, oh, I'm just trying to help, right? And I would try to control as much of our marriage and our house and our kids as possible because I knew that it was worse if I went out of town or I knew that it was worse when his anxiety was higher. And so I'd try to like, make sure the house was clean and the kids were settled. And I was like, okay, maybe there's just something I'm not doing. Maybe I need to be sexier, wear more lingerie, put out more, never say no, even if I'm tired, right? All of those thoughts. And I tried that for a couple of years and it's just exhausting. Yes. (laughs) It doesn't work. And I was trying to control him and change in order to try and influence his behavior in some way, which is a really nice thought, but I actually have no control over his behavior. And that was something I didn't understand at the time. Right. So how did you find life coaching and how did that work into this equation? I found it through, um, Jody Moore's podcast. My sister was started listening to the podcast and she said, Hey, you need to listen to this podcast. And so I did. And it was great. And what was fascinating was it made just so much sense to me. I was like, oh my goodness, I do this naturally. And I didn't realize that I process emotions naturally and learning the mindset piece of that, learning how to manage my mind really just clicked. It made so much sense. So I listened to Jody's podcast and that led me to the life coach school podcast. And I started listening there. And then after we started sharing our story, just with friends and family, My husband was the one that said, I think you need to become a life coach. I think you would be great at this. And what really struck us as we started sharing the story was how many other couples were like, this is our story too. We're also struggling with this. And in my brain, I kind of thought I was the only one because nobody talks about it. That's why. Yeah. No one talks about it. And no one wants to say that. Like I'm the porn addict's wife. Like I love that that's your title because it's so out there because so many people are dealing with that same issue. And I felt like I was in the dark and alone and didn't want to tell people about it. Like I was betraying him in some way. If I talked about this, it affected me. It affected my life. But I had this weird idea that I couldn't say anything because that was talking bad about him or something. 
I felt so trapped that yeah. I couldn't talk about it. And I love that you have just liberated that whole idea for all women and men. It's great that your husband is okay with that too. He's, he's very okay. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I did. I, I I didn't know anybody that had ever struggled with this. And yet as we started sharing it, people came out of the woodwork. It was like everyone in my life was like, oh my gosh, like yeah. 50%, which is exactly the statistic is 50% of couples, Christian men are struggling with this. And that's exactly what I found. It was like family members, friends, everyone was coming and saying, oh my gosh, we're going through the same thing. And that's when my husband said, you need to become a coach. So in August of 2019 is when I started through the life coach school. I started their certification and I started my business. I certified in March of 2020 and I've been doing this ever since. That's amazing. So what was your husband's experience like after he came to you? You said he was sort of on his own. When did things start changing for him? I know you said he went to therapy and it helped to uncover Mm -hmm. that. What happened after that? That was kind of a long process. (laughs) So at first he was like, oh, I'm good. I'm doing this on my own. I don't need help. I've got this. And I said, okay. And over the next couple of years, he has struggled with depression. And so he never went to therapy for pornography in particular. What he went for was depression and he had three major, he calls them depressive crashes. And one was when he was serving an LDS mission. And then one was when we had been married for a couple of years, probably around that same time is when he came and told me. And then a couple of years later. So when he came and told me we'd been married six years and then over the next four years, he had another depressive crash. And that's when he said, I am going to go find an answer. There has to be an answer. And so he was committed to finding the answer. He happened to find a therapist who combined a lot of like meditation practices. And that's what really worked for him. And as he started to uncover and heal from depression and recognize the patterns in his brain that were creating that, that's when he also uncovered the pornography and worked through that. That's so good. That answered your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Just for other people that are listening and wondering, when is it going to click for my husband? What is it going to take? It's just good to hear yeah. his journey and how that happened. Did uh-huh. you guys ever consider divorce? Did that ever come up as an option? Not in my brain. Okay. Never once. I never had that thought. Yeah. That's amazing. A lot of people, I'm sure you have many clients. I have clients that are like, should I or not? We're dealing with this issue. Pornography is such a big problem. As you know, we don't make that decision for our clients. No one knows what's best for you, but you. But it's definitely an issue that leads to divorce. It can for sure. And sometimes divorce is the best option. You know, again, like you just said, I don't know what's best for my clients. I never go in with my client and say, I think you should stay with your husband. If they come to me, and say, I'm thinking this, I'm considering it, then we go through and my job as a coach is to help them come to a clean emotional decision. One that isn't made from, I can't handle this anymore, which is usually what I've heard, right? It's like, I feel like we need to get divorced because I can't handle this. And when they say this, what they really mean is how they feel about it, which is why it's so important to learn how to process your emotions in a healthy way, which is something no one's ever taught anybody before. But when you learn how to process all of that pain and all the betrayal and the rejection and the insecurity and everything that comes up, then you can make that decision from a clean place, not just from like, I have to get out of how I'm feeling. Because even if you change the situation, even if you get divorced, all those feelings come up again if you don't work through them. Yes, for sure. And I know for me and my clients, I'm very much pro-marriage. 
I feel like when both people are willing and invested and want to work through the problems together, should give it every effort and and not just bail because there's pornography involved or whatever. I think when both people are invested and want to put time and effort and energy to solving a problem, it can be solved. Absolutely. But everyone has to decide for themselves if they've reached that point or not. Yes. Well, that's so good to know for you. You you were like, (laughs) I'm in and we're going, we're doing it. It just never occurred to me. My husband has asked me that before and it just never even crossed my mind. Wow. That's awesome. So what would you say are some of the most valuable lessons that you've learned, how you've overcome that and learned to deal with that? I think the number one thing is the recognition that whatever difficult thing that you're dealing with in your life, the thing is not the problem. The problem is all the stuff that comes to the surface because of it. So my husband didn't create my insecurity. I've been feeling insecure about myself since I was 11. This was just the thing that brought it to the surface. And once I recognized that, it really took away a lot of the control, the power that his pornography problem had. Once I recognized, okay, it's not his pornography problem that's making me feel insecure. It's not his pornography problem that's making me question him. It's not his pornography problem that's making me feel this way. All of this is just my own insecurities, my own fears, my own beliefs that I have about myself. And once I recognized that, That's when it started to shift because I was able to let go of trying to control him and his pornography use. And instead I was able to focus on myself. And then I learned the tools of how to process insecurity and let it go, how to retrain my brain to no longer believe that I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And when I can do that, then I can face anything. That's why we're still married (laughs) because I decided, Hey, we can do this because there's nothing that he can do that can break me. It was a really pivotal moment. I remember I was sitting on my bathroom floor and I was in life coach training at this point, but I was processing some of the details of his pornography use that I hadn't known before. I asked him some questions and I knew they weren't going to make me feel better. In fact, I knew they were going to make me feel worse, but I felt like they were really crucial for me to actually process the whole experience and move past it. And I was sitting on my bathroom floor sobbing and I just felt shattered. That was the emotion that I felt. And my husband and I had been talking and I was processing this emotion and he was just crying and he was like, I'm so sorry I broke you. And my thought at the time was, that's okay. If you broke me, then maybe you can fix me. Mm. And just like a few minutes later, I go in the bathroom, I'm on the floor and I was like, wait a minute. I am the only one that can break me. And if I can break me, then I can fix me. That was like a shift, an immediate shift inside my brain. And I was like, this I can do. I can process feelings. I can let things go. Shattered is just a feeling. I can process that feeling. I can let it go. All of the pain doesn't have to sit there. And once I learned that and experienced it for myself, it shifted everything because then I was able to forgive and I was able to trust and I was able to make these really crucial decisions that enabled me to move forward in my marriage confidently, knowing that I would be okay, even if he still had this problem. Right. And if he still relapsed, even if he still struggled with this for the rest of our marriage, I knew I would be okay because I knew how to handle it. Right. Oh, that's amazing. So powerful. And that is the skill that we need to learn. What an awesome skill. So do you have a practice or a habit or something that you use to help yourself stay in this healthy mental space? Um, I have a coach. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. The the biggest thing that you can do, and this is what I tell my clients, is to practice feeling your feelings. 
is to sit and process your feelings. And if you don't know what that is, it's very difficult to describe on a podcast. It's an actual skill, a practical skill that enables you to let go of the emotional baggage that you're carrying around. So I do make it a very intentional habit not to distract myself from my feelings and not to avoid them. I make a very intentional habit of if something comes up for me, a memory, or I find out something new, or I just have a different thought that brings up some emotion, I allow it. Mm -hmm. I just give myself permission to feel it. And I don't judge myself for it. Say it's totally fine that I feel betrayed today, even though I haven't felt that in years. Not a problem. Doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to feel this. It doesn't matter that, you know, I went to the beach this summer and for out of nowhere, all of a sudden I felt insecure and was like, oh my gosh, is my husband looking at this woman? And that hadn't happened in years. And I just allowed myself to feel a little uncomfortable. And then really just creating the space in my brain and having a coach to help me look at why is this coming up? Is this just an old thought or is there something underneath this that we need to look at? And having a coach to help you do that is just so powerful because the subconscious patterns in our brain are just running on autopilot. And if we don't make ourselves aware of them, then they create real lasting physical, tangible results in our life that shift things. They shift our relationship. All of a sudden we're not enjoying sex and we're not, you know, talking to him and having intimate conversations and we're withdrawing and isolating and we're pretending to ignore him or pretending to be asleep when he wants to talk. And we don't even understand why we become aware of the result way before we become aware of the subconscious pattern that's creating it. And if you have a coach, it's just helps you get through that so much faster so that you don't have to wait for the result. You can get ahead of it and clear it out before it even becomes a problem. Yes, that is so good. And I think it's so awesome that you mentioned almost specific triggers like going to the beach or the gym or places where we may feel insecure or vulnerable anyway. And Mm -hmm. then you're with your husband and then it brings up experiences or those insecurities. And then all these thoughts start coming and you're flooded with insecurity and doubt. And like, it can just ruin the day at the beach. Like there's no fun there. I have been there. I have experienced that. I love that you talk about that. So if you were going to be in that situation, would you prep yourself before? Like if you knew I'm going to the beach and maybe you're just in the thick of dealing with pornography and your marriage, Mm -hmm. if, if someone is listening and they're like, I can't go to the beach, I just won't. Yes. How could they work through that and and maybe be able to go and not have a miserable experience? A hundred percent. This is a very common question. Number one, I would say if there are circumstances that are really overwhelming that you want to avoid, totally fine. Just because you can doesn't mean that you have to. Just because you can go to the beach doesn't mean you have to. So if you want to make that decision, totally fine. Just know why and make sure you like your reasons. Most of the time, women don't like that reason. They think they feel weak. They feel like, man, no, but I should. And I want to go for my kids and whatever, right? They don't like that this is something that's holding them back. So for that, I would say one of the things that you can do is actually not anticipate how negative it's going to be. Because here's what happens. When we do that, we're almost like predictive texting. Mm -hmm. We're almost writing a script for our brain to follow. We're like, oh my gosh, the beach is going to be terrible. I'm going to have so many triggers. I'm just going to be worried about the him the whole time. And then guess what? When you happen to go on that day, then that's exactly what happens. Your brain's like, I know what happens today. Today, I'm going to worry about this. Today, I'm just going to be thinking about him the whole time. And I'm going to be nervous and I'm going to feel anxious. So let's just produce that. And that's what it does. So one of the best things that you can do is create space and just say, I don't know how it's going to go. I know how it's gone in the past, but that doesn't mean that's how it has to go in the future. 
maybe it will be amazing, right? You can even just leave it open. Just say, I don't even know what's going to happen, but the worst thing that can happen is I'll feel a feeling. Right. And when you understand that that is the worst thing that can happen, then it's not as scary, especially when you have the skill of feeling your feelings right. and you can identify them ahead of time. Like, what am I really worried is going to happen? They're like, well, I'm just really worried that he's going to find other women attractive. And I'm like, okay. And let's say he does, which first of all, we have no proof of that's just our thought. We're just like, well, what if there's all of these other women at the beach that are really attractive? And I'm like, well, so what? And I'm like, well, then I'm worried that he'll find them attractive. And I'm like, yeah, well, so do you. So why is that a problem? Right. And really because it brings up all your stuff. It brings up your own insecurities. And when you're recognizing that, then it's not his fault. Again, it's releasing the power of his actions over you, taking responsibility for them. And when you do that, then it's not so scary because then you have control over what's going on. Right. Oh, I love that so much. My favorite thing that I have learned through coaching for myself is that we have so much more power over our well-being and happiness in our lives than we realize that other people's situations, circumstances, bad things happen and they just bring up what we're already experiencing and feeling. And so we have to deal with it, but we can't. We absolutely can deal with it. Yes. Yes, 100%. So let me ask you about your book. I haven't gotten a chance to read it. I just found out about it. The Not Enough Wife. I love the name. Tell us about your book. So my book I wrote, it came out last year. And this is, it does tell my story a little bit in there. But really this is for anybody who's ever felt like they're not enough, not smart enough, not pretty enough, not stay at home mom enough, not Pinteresty enough, not Instagram worthy enough, right? That as women is something that we deal with. And in the book, what I really dive into is why our brain thinks this way and how to combat it. So I'm really teaching how to train your brain to think differently and the step-by-step process of how to do that. And it's again, not just for if your husband struggles with pornography, although I do use that as an example, but it's really just for everybody that's ever felt like they're not enough. Oh, awesome. Well, I can't wait to read it. It's on my wish list. Can't wait to. It's very fast. It's a very easy read. You can read it in a day. Awesome. I can't wait. Well, before we close, my purpose and really it's become my personal ministry is to help men and women grow closer to God through their trials and find purpose and fulfillment and joy in life despite having these difficult experiences. So I would love to know how you have been able to do that. So my final question for you is what does finding joy in the journey mean to you? I think it's really coming to an acceptance of agency. To me, that was one of the things that I love about everything that I've learned about your thoughts and your feelings is a discovery of God's intention for us to choose. That's what he wants for us. And joy comes for when you really harness that agency. When I was growing up and learning about it, it was all about like your actions. You get to choose what you do. You get to choose how you respond. I feel like I understand agency on a deeper level now. I understand it is, it's not just choosing my actions, it's choosing my thoughts. It's choosing my feelings. It's choosing how I respond to my feelings. It's really me seeing God's love and desire for us to be agents unto ourselves. And life coaching to me is a fulfillment of that. It's really like a a tool for us to be able to harness that agency in a more complete capacity than we have before. And to me, that does bring me joy. And yeah, sometimes that also brings me sadness, but God's purpose is both God's purpose 
is for us not just to feel joy as a temporary emotion, but to have joy as a state of being. And having joy as a state of being is really about embracing everything that God's intended for us. God is not afraid of our feelings. He created them. He's okay if we feel sad. He's okay if we feel rejection. Guess what? He's felt them too. So understanding that and really seeing God's creation as a whole and his purpose for us and his desire for us to really experience all of it has made me enjoy it, even in the moments that it's not enjoyable. That's beautiful. Jolene, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate everything you've shared and you're an inspiration. I am so happy to have had this time with you. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So tell my listeners how they can hear more from you and learn more about you. Okay. I have a weekly podcast that I do. It's called The Porn Addict's Wife. And I have an online coaching program that I run where I help Christian and LDS women who have a spouse struggling with pornography problem. And that's where I do all of my coaching. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Jen. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to LDSdivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.